You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. And with that, welcome back to the ACL pod featuring the one and the only Mr. Captain Wags. I am ACL. He is Wags. Twitter, Instagram, at the real Mr. ACL, at Captain Wags, the website acl-sports.com. We are here. Week 18 is here. The national championship game is here Monday. Obviously, those are big things. However, we're taping this Wednesday. Obviously, two days ago, the big news out of Cincinnati. What happened in the Bills? Bengals game to DeMar Hamlin, of course. Uh, Just a, a, a crazy scenario. Never seen anything like it. Obviously, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said over the last couple of days. But um just a really weird scenario. Very numbing watching that, obviously, over the last two days. News has come out as of we're taping this Wednesday afternoon uh, that looks good. looks looks more positive, obviously, than where we were Monday night or even yesterday. So here we are, guys. We are, you know, look, we talk football. Wags and I discussed this uh, over the last couple of days. We're here to just kind of give you guys a, a distraction, perhaps, from all the, the negative news that's coming out over the last couple of days. So hopefully we can do our best uh, under these circumstances to talk some football, talk some things going on. But we are certainly keeping him and his family um, in our thoughts. So just wanted to lead with that. Wags, yeah, how's everything yeah. going, man? Yeah, yeah. Now, just to add in, I mean, again, we're, we're taping this Wednesday afternoon. And, and DeMar, I mean, the, the latest news that came out, DeMar remains in the ICU in critical condition with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight expected to re- remain in uh, ICU um, and is as his healthcare team continues to monitor and treat him. Um, so again, yes, definitely, you know, more positive news. Hopefully it continues in that direction. Um, you know, first and foremost prayers to him, his family, everybody who knows him, his friends, um, colleagues, the players, everybody in the, uh, organization. Um, but this, yeah, I mean, this is, is crazy. It kind of resonates uh, across, you know, not only just the bills, not only just the entire NFL and, and, you know, the Bengals who I thought were great Zach Taylor, kudos to him. Yep. Um, but you know, throughout sports and really just life. Right. So it's just, you know, take it in, you know, understand what matters in life. Um, you know, it's completely freak accident that occurred. Yeah. And it's happened before, right? Chris Pronger, most notably a hall of fame NHL defenseman took a puck to the chest, um, and basically suffered, um, arrhythmia right so he was hitting the chest with a puck got up started to skate a little bit and then collapsed i mean it was very similar to basically what happened with damar made the hit made the tackle got up and then all of a sudden just went down um you know the 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 key and the best chance to recovery here is getting that pulse back asap um you're no longer in asystole which is basically flatlining right so the 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 shorter the asystole period is, the better 
you know, the outcome will be. So real kudos to all the medical personnel who were able to get out on the field quickly, start CPR. Obviously that, that was the time, um, the most critical time, right. Is to make sure that he gets that pulse back. Um, and he, and they, they got it back on the field. I think he lost it again. They got it back again. Um, and now he seems to be, um, you know, recovering, uh, obviously, uh, this is a crucial period as well, but, you know, really that, that first, you know, minute, two minute span is really the most crucial and um, kudos to, to all the staff that were able to get, get up and and out to him. So um, yeah, thoughts and prayers for sure to to Damar and his family. Absolutely. Well said. I know you tweeted it out the day or two ago, but shout out again to both coaches, right? Both teams. Um. Zach Taylor essentially walking across the field, talking to Sean McDermott, saying like, hey, whatever you guys need, whatever you want to do, we're here for you. We're we're on board with that. So certainly, um, you know, you could say the decision was made uh, a little late, perhaps, by the NFL. I, I tend to think that, look, these things take time. There's people that need to talk to. And, you know, if you announce it right away, say the game's postponed, you're going to have 90,000 people leaving the stadium all at once. And just from a logistical standpoint, I mean, you need police, right? You need the people that are there to get people out of the stadium from a parking standpoint. So like logistically, it took an hour. Obviously, I think everyone knew within the first maybe 10 minutes that the game was not going to be played. Yeah, no, I mean, to that, like, I agree with you. I mean, logistically and, you know, you want to have all the facts at hand before you make the decision. I think where they did kind of mess up the NFL was that initial, and again, there's speculation on to exactly what happened mm-hmm. but five minutes after this happened and he was carted off. They were like, all right, let's go. And I, Troy and Vincent was, came out and said, he never said that. Right. So right. Who right, knows? Exactly. But if knows that was that said, came, I, that's, that's crazy. For sure. For yeah. sure. Um, I mean, look, it could have been the, the, the referees that just didn't have any communication. Out of habit, and, they, they right, would say right. that. Right. Yeah. Right. So you who, know. who knows? And, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of criticism going around, but um, you know, navigating through all that negativity goes back always to Damar and, and his family. And hopefully mm-hmm. all, all is well there. Absolutely. Hopefully we continue to get good news um, as he continues to stay in Cincinnati. So we're definitely thinking of him and his family and all of that, uh, that entire situation throughout this podcast. So wanted to lead with that, let you guys just know that obviously that is on uh, foremost of our thoughts here as we continue to make our way through here. There's no easy transition. I will try my best and we will discuss uh, basically Wags, not basically the best college football playoff in the however many years it's been going on that we have ever seen. In terms, of the, in terms of the two down. games. Not right? even close. Not even close. The The previous semifinals have been blowouts, many of them. There have been you know, a good game here and there. But after the TCU-Michigan game, I remember commenting to someone like, wow, wouldn't it be something if the next game was better? Not that that could ever possibly happen. And guess what <laughs> it did? Arguably the best college football game of the year with the stakes on the line that, that were there. Uh, we swept the board that day. We were both on Georgia money line i know you had the middle as you had um i was plus six six and a half i believe right so you cashed the middle uh just a fantastic day fantastic bull package overall i believe the number is 40 and 21 combined for another profitable bull season for us wag so kudos to you kudos to 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 me (laughs) kudos kudos to to all of our clients kudos to us who are um who have been cashing a lot of tickets on the bull package but man a couple of awesome games huh 
Yeah, amazing. I mean, I, I love. I mean, obviously, if if you buy my package, most of my games are going to be dogs. I love that both dogs covered. I think it's the first time in in playoff history that the both dogs covered on the same day. Um, I could be wrong there, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, that TCU. Look, I mean, just kind of going back, and I don't want to dissect both games. Um, but to me, what was interesting, an interesting call, and I, I wasn't surprised. But I know that I would not have made this decision. But when Michigan went down the field on their opening drive and they had fourth and goal on the two and went for it, I was thinking to myself, look, you, in this important of a game, you take the points. Um, you, I mean, I know, you know, three points, it is what it is. Yeah, you had a great drive. So, like, I get the decision by Harbaugh to say, you know what, let's go for it. That said, that play call was just terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, it, Really didn't fool anybody. TCU was all over it. Um, and, you know, it just to me, uh, call something else or kick the kick the field goal. You don't, you don't do that. Not that early in the game. Um, but that said, you know, that that's a negative knock, I guess, for Michigan, from my standpoint. I do have to point out that they got the short end of the stick, and I'm not saying it very nicely, on that call that overturned the touchdown. I mean, you think so? I do. I think that that ball came out. I think it, it, when he regained possession, at least the nose of the ball was over, if not, you know, half the ball. You, so if, you're talking about the one that was uh, that they fumbled on the next play from the one, right? Yes. 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 Okay. So, I mean, the receiver caught it falling down. He's on his ass, basically. And as he came down, the ball popped out. Then he slid a little further into the end zone, in my opinion, possessed the ball. They they put it that down at the you know half yard line one yard line whatever it was next play again you know Michigan fumbles look that that running back has to secure the ball um, but I was just kind of shocked that that wasn't called a touchdown to start I thought it was unclear as to whether it was a touchdown or not and if it were me I would have gone with the call on the field got it I certainly did not think and and I agree with you on this there was no way that it could have been reversed I mean I never saw an angle that said oh definitely not a touchdown right so yeah I guess yeah whatever it stood on the field yeah so to me that was crazy um should be noted Harbaugh now 0-6 in his last bowl games obviously he he took a lot of heat for not being able to win a big game he did beat Ohio State um a couple years now but other than those two wins um I don't know. I mean, this could be his last uh, hurrah here in college, and it's probably not because he's getting pushed out, more right. so because he's going to get some offers from uh, some NFL teams. Perhaps a team in Colorado that we'll be talking perhaps. about later on might yes, be perhaps. might be going after his services. But that said, look, if, you, if you're the Michigan coach, I don't care what your bowl record is. If you beat Ohio State year after year, you're good. Yep. Honestly. Like, <laughs> 100%. I have a Only lot of friends that, that have gone there. That's what they care about. <laughs> You can go. You can go five, five, five and six. And last yep. game, beat Ohio State, get into a bowl, but it doesn't even matter because you just beat Ohio State. Doesn't even matter. And look, the bowl games he's losing. He's not losing the Idaho Potato Bowl, right? He's not losing the Cheez It Bowl. He's losing like national semifinal yeah, yeah, yeah. games, no, semi like championship games. So it was just a little I think asterisk the, there. Yeah, asterisk for sure. But I think just the fact that they were over a touchdown favorite and lost to yeah. TCU, who you know, in my opinion, a very good team. And I think a lot of people are now thinking, okay, well, TCU, and they're coming around on them. I've been talking about TCU yep. podcast after podcast, and they keep winning and keep impressing me and everybody else. Um, 
But transitioning to the Ohio State-Georgia game, I think if these two teams played 10 times, it would be 5-5. I think most people think it was 7-3 in favor of Georgia. Not me. I think also should be noted, Ohio State had their best wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., arguably their best player, go down in the third quarter. Tough to say how it would have played out, but I think if he doesn't go down, Ohio State wins this game. And and I don't think it's even a question. Um, Obviously, you can't go back and play it out that way, but um, I'm thankful was able to get the uh, the middle on that game, so as you pointed out, you know, with Georgia money line and Ohio State uh, plus the points. Um, what that middle did for me was really just secure. Um, you know, I, I had Ohio State future, so I was mm-hmm. hoping Ohio State would would pull it off because I had a seven, to, basically a two unit play on plus three fifty for them to win it all. Um, you know, a l- little bummed, but ultimately, you know, no no blood. We walk out of there unscathed with the way it finished. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a better football player at his position than C.J. Stroud is at his position. Yes. Right? So C.J. Stroud be, you know, top whatever pick, five pick. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in college football. Yep. And I agree with you, especially on that last drive, man. Like, they were talking about, I mean, they also lost their tight end. Like, you got to figure if Harrison's in there for the fourth quarter, they're putting up something because they're often just stalled. Oh, stalled. I mean, fourth, that so. if you look at the game and you dissect it, I mean, that play when he got hurt in the end zone is when Georgia mounted their you know, mm-hmm. comeback, so to speak. And George, uh, Ohio State couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. So um, TCU versus Georgia this upcoming Monday, obviously national championship game opened 13 and a half. We saw some 14s out in the market. Georgia giving 13 and a half, 14 quickly bet down and by quickly. I mean, over the last three, four days, we're now sitting Georgia minus 12 and a half. There are a few 13s out there in the market. Total 62 and a half. Um, I put out a, a Twitter poll, initial lean what is your initial reaction? And I think it was close to 70% of the people that responded took the points with TCU. So we'll see. We are, um, I know Wags and I've been talking about that throughout the week. We'll continue to talk about it. We'll continue to monitor it. We have a national championship package up on the site just for that game. Obviously there's only one game left Uh, includes any props that we're on as well. So check that out. That'll be uh, up over the coming week up until Monday. So one last game for all the money. TCU versus Georgia Monday night for the title should be a good one. Wags moving over to the NFL man week 17. uh, I'll just say was, was, was interesting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Lots of teams that um, I don't know. You could say had to win, needed to win, wanted to win. uh, Didn't win. I I would start out with the, um, the Baltimore Ravens, right? So they were at home. They were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore minus two and a half, minus three. Got bet all the way down to Baltimore minus one. Pittsburgh down double digits in the second half. They come out and win that game 16 to 13, keeping their playoff hopes slightly alive uh, for the seventh seed in the AFC. Baltimore now has some interesting scenarios depending upon what the league winds up doing with the Bengals game, right? So when you're talking AFC playoffs, as of taping now, we don't know what they're going to do with the Bills Bengals game. Are they going to restart it at some point? Are they going to reschedule it? Are they going to call it a no contest? In which case, the Bengals and the Bills would have 16 games played, and in which case, the Bengals would would 
be the default AFC North champs. So the Ravens now don't have that. There's just so many different scenarios here where we just don't know yet because we don't know what's going to happen with that game. Um, the other team wags that sort of jumped out to me, um, not necessarily from a playoff perspective, but a game that I was on and a game that I'll talk about a little bit later was the Denver Broncos. And it's addition by subtraction when you get rid of a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, who should have been gone maybe three months ago. I thought they should have won that game in Kansas City. They were plus 13. They wound up losing only by three. So just a really interesting kind of, you know, call it emotional, situational handicap for me in taking Denver plus 13 last week, going to Kansas City, divisional game, uh, and a game that they were winning for the majority of the game. Mahomes, of course, comes back in the fourth, wins by three, but a really interesting game there. And then I know a game that we talked about, the Miami Dolphins, man, like a game I was on plus three. I think you teased them perhaps, right? Yep. Um, Man, Skylar Thompson comes in. I think if Teddy stays in, the, in there, they probably win that game, though. Yeah, I mean, look, to his head, obviously a concern. I mean, he he obviously didn't play last week, and and that that is an issue. And I think the Dolphins are, are closely monitoring that because, um, you know, they got to look at at the player player safety and and the health of the player first. Um, obviously, couldn't play last week. Bridgewater plays fairly decently. Dolphins, uh. We're in that game. We're up. Uh, he goes down, and now they get Skylar Thompson coming in in a must-win uh, situation, and they just could not get it done. Um, defense there is an issue for Miami, uh, and, and it's going to be an interesting game against the Jets. Um, you know, they have Skylar Thompson. They just brought in Mike Glennon to the practice squad. Um, so not ideal for a team who's trying to get into the playoffs here. Um, obviously a huge dolphin fan, but I am able to take a step back and, and realize, look, this is not a playoff team, right? You know, their offense is, is wildly good and fascinating when two is on the field. Um, but once he goes down and, and it's, and it's been happening a lot this year, they're nothing, right? They, they, they need a guy who can make quick decisions with the ball. Their offensive line is not that great and their defense is just not that good. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back week 17 for me outside of, of that and what you had mentioned, you know, Eagles losing to new Orleans really shakes things up. Obviously not having hurts out there, um, you know, looks to make the Eagles, um, you know, uh, uh, beatable to say the least. Um, and, and if they lose to the giants who, who locked up a playoff spot last week and, um, I wouldn't say that's going to happen, but if they lose to the Giants and the Cowboys win, the Cowboys will take this division. Yes, they do. But Giants locked into a six seed. I suspect they have not announced, but I suspect they will rest their starters. If they don't rest their starters, in my opinion, Dobble is uh, could I would I would that would in my head cost him coach of the year potential because if he zero, doesn't rest his starters. Yeah. He needs to rest his starters for the entire game for the entire game. There's no, we're going to disagree on that. We're going to disagree on that. We, we could disagree. That's fine. But there's zero outcome that could be good. They're locked in. Yeah. yeah. The they cannot outcome get that, higher than a six seed. They cannot get lower than correct. A six seed the outcome that could be good is, um, when this team, this is 10 years ago, obviously when they made their playoff run, that one year on the road, they won all these games in a row toward the end of the year and it's momentum, yep. right? Obviously you get your guys rest, you get them not hurt. Week 18, I get that. However, a team like this, I think the only chance they have in the playoffs is momentum. 
is to perhaps go out there, get some revenge from this Philly team that knocked them out of the playoffs two years ago when they decided to rest their their starters, win this game. And that's huge for this team because then they got to go on the road for three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. So if it's me, I'm at least playing my guys first half. So I'm actually looking at Giants first half potentially here in this spot. I don't know how much Daniel Jones or Saquon would play second half. I, I agree with you there. But, man, first half is tempting, especially if Hurts comes back and this is a guy that hasn't played football in a month. Yep. Look, I mean, I, 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 I don't – it's a good point. Um, and I do remember that run because you and I had a, had a good buddy on that team um, actually went to the Giants – Cowboys game Giants had to win to get in yep. um, and sat with all the players and their wives and it was you know, or the players wives I shouldn't say the players um, and they went, went on and, and obviously did some damage and won the Super Bowl that being said it's not worth it it's really just in my opinion not worth it because especially a guy like Saquon who's made it through the season hasn't True. hasn't done it in in you know three years make it through a season to put him at risk going into the playoffs will crush any opportunity you have uh, of making a run. So to me, you know, I'm putting Matt Breida in and I'm playing their backup. Um, It's just not wise in my opinion to, to have um, Daniel Jones and Saquon and, you know, even some of the other guys, uh, playing as much in this game all fair points i don't know that there's a right answer or wrong answer i think it just depends on you know the coach reading his team right so tyrod taylor by the way tyrod what about him that is the backup quarterback for the new york giants okay i mean you know hey there's 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 worse backup quarterbacks in the league the bears are starting nathan peterman this weekend yes hey i like well the commanders were starting sam howell so I, I would argue Sam Howell is better than Carson Wentz at this point. I honestly would. I, I can, People I, might laugh at that, I but to, I honestly I would. See him. I mean, I saw him play in the preseason. It wasn't so. <laughs> he wasn't so. that bad. I mean, Carson yeah. Wentz at this point. Wow. Yeah. Last Between Carson bad. Wentz and Nick Foles. I mean, the fact that these guys won yeah, a Super Bowl. That's crazy. That is wild. pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the fishy line of the week segment. Week 18, you could sit here, me and Wags should read off half the board, and there would yeah. be fishy lines. So we're not going to identify one fishy line. We're basically just going to do this. Week 18, there's a few things that I, as a handicapper, always look at. For starters, the league tries to do this as best they can, but they don't always get it right or they're not able to. You want to look at start times, right? So you want to look at when games are starting versus whether it's 1 o'clock Eastern, the 4.30 Eastern window, or a Saturday game, or in the case of the Lions, an 8.30 start on Sunday night. Why is that important? Because certain teams might know by the time they take the field that they are eliminated. And this particular week, that's going to happen with the Detroit Lions. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know. I know why the league put this game on Sunday night. It's because people are going to watch it because it's Aaron Rodgers. So I get it. I, I wish they hadn't done this because by the time this game starts – depending on what happens with the Seattle game, which starts at 4.30 Eastern, the Lions will know whether or not they're in or out. So well, no, yeah. So yeah. watch this line as that game's going on. If Seattle's going to win this game, and you know that by the third quarter, the Lions' motivation is basically gone, right? So if your book leaves it up, take a look at that. Keep that in mind as you get some, some other 
game finals coming in as well. There's two games on Saturday this week too. So always look at when the games are starting. And obviously this goes without saying, listen to coaches, listen to players, who's going to play, how much our, our, you know, uh, coach is going to be playing their starters. We talked about Daniel Jones earlier with the giants, the chargers are another team as well. So just listen for what you can as far as who's going to be playing when. Yeah, no, I mean, a hundred percent, right. It's all, you know, for the most part, situational plays, right? Understanding what the situation is and, and playing those games based on that. So, um, yeah, I, I guess if this if Seattle loses to the Rams, I think the Lions only can make the playoffs only if they win. Is that correct? The Lions are still alive. Yep. Right. They're yep. still alive. Right. So it's not if 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 Seattle loses, they could still not get in. They still have to beat the Packers, which could happen. Sure. And I, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, Seattle's a six and a half point favorite over the Rams. So, yep. um, you know, they, Which they might be a little win. high, might be a little yeah. high. Yeah. I, I don't that disagree out there. with that, especially with the Rams high. getting some, uh, some repetition and experience over the last few weeks. Exactly. Some of these exactly. Guys, so. Week 18, you always also get wags the team that must win versus the team that, is not, that has nothing to play for. Yeah. Historically, from an ATS perspective, the team that quote has nothing to play for is hitting at about a 62% clip, depending on your definition of, you know, must get in, nothing to play for, et cetera. But normally the reason is because the public's going to go always bet the team that has to win. Well, they're paying a point spread tax for that. Generally you get about a two to four point increase on the point spread for the team that has to win. You see some of those scenarios this week, teams that have to win Seattle, those kind of teams like that. So Miami, even though they're they're not getting any, uh, even though I, I was a, a different my, situation, though. they are, but like because they're they favored no... or pick them or plus one, depending on there. You could make the argument that with Skylar Thompson, this team should not be favored. Yeah. I don't care if they have to win or not. Yeah. So. No, totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah. So just some things to, to kind of look out for guys. I mean, week 18 is crazy. Obviously Tampa Bay plus four at Atlanta in a regular week. That line would not be like that. Uh, you have the Giants plus 14 at the Eagles. Obviously, regular week, that line's nowhere near 14. Arizona plus 14 at San Francisco. That might be 14 normally, <laughs> the way that Arizona's going. San Fran needs to win that game to get the one seed potentially as well. So just some really weird, obviously, quarterback situations. As of taping here, we just found out that uh, Nathan Peterman starting for the Bears. That line moved three points. We, we heard that Sam Howell starting for the Commanders. That line moved two points, although I might argue that it should have moved the other way um, based on Carson Wentz being out. So just be cognizant of, these, of, of this. You're going to see some really crazy weird lines week 18 here. So Yeah, and the one other thing to note is there, there are teams – that even though they're mathematically eliminated, will play hard. And I, I, I really do think the Jets will play hard against the Dolphins. It's a Division. divisional game. Yeah. Um, I think Salah, Salah is, is just a, a coach who, who just wants to get his guys and finish the season, right? That's something that he preaches. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out in Miami. Totally agree with you. Should be a good one. All right. Um, real quick, not going to do a full deep dive on this one, but Georgia versus TCU, we mentioned it earlier. Georgia down to minus 12 and a half. Total is 63. The one thing I wanted to just point out, Wags, was like the historical nature of TCU here. It, it, I've seen the number 200 to 1, 300 to 1 preseason on them to win the national title. They're actually as high as 1,000 to 1. 1,000 to 1, yep. In, in, in one shop, they were 1,000 to 1. Their season win total was like six. Obviously, first-year coach, Gary Peterson gets knocked out. Generally, first-year coaches, even though he's a veteran coach, Sonny Dykes, takes some time to get his guys in there, right? All year long, and not that they were wrong, 
people pros were betting against them because from a numbers perspective, they kept winning these close games, even though post-game box score win expectancy had them losing. So people were just lining up to bet against them in the Big 12 title game, lining up to bet against them against Michigan. And now we see this line open, 13 and a half, 14 points. Basically, the point, the the power rankings folks are telling you the exact same thing again. So one of the most unbelievable stories that you'll see in sports and college basketball, you see it every now and then, uh, baseball, certainly. College football is not a sport over the last few decades where we've seen massive underdogs like this make runs, yeah. right? It's, it's the, the, it's one the who, Alabamas, the Blue Bloods, et cetera. So just yeah, great. Yeah, right no, for sure. The one, the one comparison I can make um, just, you know, in hockey a few years ago with Vegas – who was a new new sure. franchise, and they they ended up going all the way into I think the Western Conference Finals. So, um, yeah, no, a- absolutely um, crazy run. I was I was a year early on them. I think last year I had their win total over you know seven and a half with, uh, and I think I, I even had a, a long shot ticket on them. But uh, they ended up what five wins, six wins last year, and completely turned that around. Yeah. Maybe they were seven wins. Um, but yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I think you know the the line. I made this line eleven and a half. It opened up thirteen okay. and a half. So I was a little off on that. But you know, obviously, it's coming down. So uh, maybe I wasn't so off. Um, Twelve and a half now, sixty two and a half. I think it it opened sixty two, went up a half a point, um, which is not surprising. Obviously, er, er, you know these type of games, everybody loves and leans on the over. Um, you know, we'll see if how that line movement goes. I think still, even at 12 and a half, we're seeing about 70% of the bets and the money on TCU taking the dog. I think uh, money line right now opened at you know, close to four to one. Um, if you wanted to take TCU on the money line, I think it's down to three and a half to one now. So, um, you know, plus 360 uh, I'm seeing in the market consensus was around plus 400. Yep, and I'm curious to know, and again, I, I have not talked to my guys yet, um, probably will this week. Curious to know how much liability the books have on Georgia and if that's why um, you know, the money line for TCU was inflated, trying to get uh, more tickets to, to, to go on TCU plus um, on the money line just to bring down their liability. It's possible. Um, yeah, I think what Georgia preseason was somewhere around five or six to one. Yep. Yep. They were right so, there behind Alabama and Ohio State. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Generally, the favorites, the books just have such little liability on those teams, right? Because people are, you know, adding up the 25 to one, 30 to one, et cetera. I, I have talked to a few guys that really just said nobody was grabbing those thousands to one on, on TCU. So, like, it only takes a few of those bets to really add up add up liability on the TCU side, but man, it's just so unexpected here. Even midway through the year, as I mentioned, they're undefeated, but just every game they were like the disrespect, blah, blah, blah. And it just came in. They wound up winning by a field goal. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those lines won two and a half pick them. They won every, every coin flip game basically. Yeah. Until, until the title game, right. But until the title game, which they they lost, but they had got, yeah, they had done enough to, to get in. Right. Well, they they still only lost by what? I think wasn't it an overtime to Kansas State? They lost. Yeah, by overtime thirty yeah. thirty one twenty eight in overtime. Right. So, uh, you know, TCU out yards them, but and and out probably outplayed them. But you know, the, the Kansas State's a grinder as well as we saw. So, yep. um, yeah, sh- should be a great game. And you know, obviously, 
looking forward to that. I mean, it should, should be should be awesome. Hope, hopefully, it's as good as these uh, college football playoff plans. But we'll see. We'll see how uh, Stetson Bennett comes out. We'll see how that Georgia defense comes out, and we'll see if Duggan can 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 do his thing and work his magic against uh, Georgia's defense. Uh, one thing to point out: TCU's running back is um, questionable, so mm-hmm. um, that'll be interesting and, and to see if you know they can step up there in the running game should be a good one monday night again that national championship game package is up includes all the plays we make including all props and basically the way books treat it is obviously not as many but they put up props sort of like they do for the super bowl right you get props for every player game props all that kind of stuff so we're digging into that as they hit the market over the next few days okay moving over to the 200 dollars site credit I was going to say Monday night football contest, Wags, but it is the Sunday night football contest because there is no Monday night game. Week 18. Week 18, all games are done by Sunday night. So we have one game left Sunday night. I'm about to read off three questions for the Sunday night game between the Lions and the Packers. The first person to get all three questions correct, and whoever gets it in first, will win $200 in site credit to acl-sports.com. You can enter by DMing your answers to either myself or Wags on Twitter or Instagram. Here are the three questions. Question one, Packers minus four and a half versus the Lions. You taking the Packers minus four and a half or or are you taking the Lions plus four and a half? Question number two, over under 49 and a half. Over or under 49 and a half. Question three, of course, total number of touchdown passes by Aaron Rodgers. Total number of touchdown passes by Aaron Rodgers, question number three. Good luck. Get him in, get him right, get him first. You win 200 bucks that never expires. Good luck, everybody. All right. Wags, free play time. Let's get some winners here to start off the year. Would you like to do the honors? You want me to go? Yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, I'll step in and and, and take this one away. Um, a game that matters to the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. at home playing the New York Jets, and I'm going to take under 38 and a half, uh, readily available across pretty much every book. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think that Miami's defense plays better at home. Um, the fact that they don't have a quarterback uh, playing with Skylar Thompson and now Mike Glennon um, <laughs> is, is definitely kind of a – yeah a good play for the under, especially with the jets are going to try to play spoiler to Miami. Um, that's pretty much what they have to play for this week. And um, yeah, I just, I really just think that this game ends up staying under. I mean, the jets are fourth overall in points allowed and going against, you know, a top 10 offense, but without their quarterback um, just proves to be a little too much for Miami. I expect a very close game and a low scoring game here in Miami gardens. I like it. All right. I'm sticking with the NFL as well. I am taking the Denver Broncos, the Russell Wilson led Denver Broncos plus three. You can get reduced juice on this out there. Minus one Oh two. I'm seeing uh, out there. So check out, obviously shop around here. If you can get a three and a half, take it, but for grading purposes, we'll do plus three. Um, Look, I, I get that the Chargers can technically improve their playoff seating here, but they can't win the division. They know they're going to be going on the road in round one. 
So just kind of reading between the lines here from what Brandon Staley and, and the team has been saying all week as far as quotes, I, I can definitely see them resting some of their starters, particularly in the second half here. On the other side, we know for a fact that Denver is not going to be resting anybody, right? Uh, I was on them last week, I, as I mentioned earlier, getting 13 versus the Chiefs, a game that we won and covered. Uh, I mentioned last week, addition by subtraction, getting rid of Nathaniel Hackett from an X's and O's standpoint as well, from just a locker room standpoint. I, I think you could see the team kind of rallied around the fact that he wasn't there, knowing just what they had in their head coach there. So I think that that helps as well. Uh, weather helps here too, a low of 25 degrees. I can't imagine that the Chargers team, having basically nothing to play for, it's excited to have to go play in 20, 30 degree weather in Denver. Um, and this one's at home. Last week was on the road and this Denver team responded, which I, I, I like going into this final home game here, a season that's obviously been a disaster for them from a standpoint of wins and losses, a team that had a season win total of 10, um, who only has four wins so far this year. But look, this is a chance for them to win a division game. You're giving me a field goal here versus probably a set of backups for the Chargers in the second half. Denver giving, you know, having the opportunity here to kind of give their fans a little bit of hope going into next year with a win here on the road, or sorry, at home versus a road team Chargers, um, a 10 and six playoff bound team, I think would go a really, really long way for Russell Wilson and this team. So I think you're going to get max effort from Denver. Um, and we're going to take Denver plus three at home here in a divisional dog roll week 18 as a free play. Love it. Love it. That's the pod, man. Happy New Year again, everybody. So sorry that we had to do this under the circumstances of this week with uh, everything that happened in Cincinnati. Thoughts out to Jamar uh, Hamlin and just hoping that everything works out well, that we continue to get good news and reports out of the hospital in Cincinnati for him. So definitely, definitely be thinking about that. Um, and yeah, all the packages and everything are updated on the website. So check that out. If you all have any questions, hit us up, Twitter, Instagram, DMs. We are always available to answer and help out. And of course the Australian open starts in 10 days wag. So tennis season is here, my man, anything else going on on your end? We're good to get out of here. Uh, you know, look, I mean, it's just this, the same stuff uh, that you said, echo it a little bit, thoughts and prayers to Damar Hamlin and his family. Um, yes, we have uh, sports going on right now outside of football. NHL just sweeps three, uh, no last night. Um, college basketball has been super hot. Um, so looking forward to, uh, continuing success into 2023 don't forget make sure you put a hook on the end of that too because it is 2023 almost did that the other day takes like a few weeks normally you know for when exactly. you're doing dates all right for wags i'm acl happy new year everybody good luck on all your plays I'll talk to you next time